From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 241 for the week of January 16, 2014. The Disney Park Disney Land Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan a perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jill Malata-Willy, and Michael Bowling. And in this segment, Michael talks about a recent tribute to Annette Funicello that was held at the Walt Disney Family Museum. Michael? Thank you, Tom. This tribute was hosted by Disney historian Don Perry and Mouseketeer Sharon Baird. Uh, she, Sharon Baird is petite, and she can still dance. There was a technical problem with the slide presentation, and Ron Miller, who is the husband of the late Diane Disney Miller, uh, stood up and asked Sharon to dance. And she danced, I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure how old she is, but she was on the original Mickey Mouse Club at the age of 12, and she could still have her own show in Vegas. Wow. That's how good she was. I mean, it was very impressive. Um, the presentation had a bit of a sad note, as it also ended up being a tribute to two women who left us too early, Annette Funicello and Diane Disney Miller. And I'll get into that in a bit. Um, a little background on Sharon Baird for our younger listeners. Um, she had an extensive career before and after the original Mickey Mouse Club. Baird appeared in her first film, Bloodhounds of Broadway, in 1950. At age nine, she began regular appearances on the Colgate Comedy Hour television show, and she did episodes on several different television shows. And uh, including performing with Dean Martin um, just before being selected for the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, during the 1970s, she worked extensively as a live puppet for Sid and Marty Croft, amongst others doing children's shows such as the New Zoo Review. Remember that? Um, H.R. Puffin Stuff, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, oh, and Land of the Lost. I, lo- I was an H.R. Puffin Stuff fan. Thank you. Um, yeah. Baird did rotoscoping work for um, Ralph Bakshi's late 70s film, The Lord of the Rings. Remember, that was going to be a big trilogy, and it bombed. Um, she was the live-action model for the part of Frodo Baggins, um, for which she did not receive screen credit. But you might remember this. On the Disney Channel, she appeared on Dumbo's Circus as Lionel the Lion. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So Sharon remained a close friend of Annette's after the Mickey Mouse Club. And she said, we sensed an inner beauty with Annette Funicello. There was a kindness and sweetness that came through, which is why she was considered America's sweetheart by so many teenage boys. Despite her celebrity, she never changed and always remained warm and caring. Annette cared about other people and always put her family, friends, and fans first. She saw many meals at restaurants go cold because Annette always spoke to fans. In June 2013, the Mickey Mouse Club stage at the Walt Disney Studio was renamed the Annette Funicello stage. During the ceremony, Bob Iger confessed he had a crush on Annette as a boy. Oh. Um, yeah. D- during this time, they showed clips of Shelley Fabrere's. Uh, sh- when she was young, she appeared on the Donna Reed show. More recently, she was on the television show Coach. And the Sherman Brothers and Frankie Avalon, um, all of whom said that Annette was the ideal of what everyone wanted as a sister, a girlfriend, a daughter, and a wife. She was perfect. 
Annette Joanne Funicello was born in Utica, New York, on October 22, 1942, to Joseph and Virginia Funicello. Her family moved to Southern California when she was four years old, and Annette took dancing and music lessons as a child to overcome shyness. In 1955, the 12-year-old was discovered by Walt Disney when she performed as the Swan Queen in Swan Lake at a dance recital at the Starlight Bowl in Burbank, California. Disney cast her as one of the original Mouseketeers, and she was the last to be selected and the only to be personally selected by Walt Disney. She became very popular, and by the end of the first season of the Mickey Mouse Club, she was receiving 6,000 letters a month. That's a lot. Especially when you're thinking, you know, in the 1950s, when you think not every household had televisions, then that was still impressive. Um, The boys on the show called Annette Finny Cello or Full of Cello. So Annette wanted to change her name to Joanne Turner, but Walt Disney convinced Annette to be proud of who she is and to keep her name. So despite Walt Disney, though, asking Mouseketeers to call him Uncle Walt, Annette always called him Mr. Disney. Now, Sharon Baird remembered the opening day of Disneyland where she, Annette, and the other Mouseketeers performed. The Mickey Mouse Club had begun filming but had not yet premiered on television. The Mouseketeers did a routine in front of the Mickey Mouse Theater in Fantasyland. And if you recall, that's now where Pinocchio's Daring Journey and the Village House are located. Um, They were taken to what is now Walt's apartment, but it was filled with building materials. And Walt Disney was looking out the window towards the main gate with a tear in his eye. So the Mickey Mouse Club was Ron Miller's first job when the club was in its second year. Ron Miller is the son-in-law of Walt Disney, and as I mentioned, the husband of Diane Disney Miller. And Ron said Annette was talented and could dance and sing. And his job was to make sure the Mouseketeers got their three hours of schooling in each day. (laughs) And so they all operated in shifts. And so Ron was constantly, you know, um, escorting Mouseketeers from the little... uh, They they had a schoolhouse, which was was sort of like a... uh, oh, I guess you would call it a trailer, over to the soundstage and back. Um, Annette also appeared in three television serials for Disney. And you might remember some of these. And a lot of them are on, if you remember those Disney treasure series in the tins, um, Adventures in Disneyland with Kevin Corcoran, who was known as Moochie on some of the shows. He was the youngest son. Yeah, and he was the youngest son in, like, Swiss Family Robinson and a lot of Disney films. He was always the ornery one. Very energetic. Um, She was in The Adventures of Spin and Marty. And also the Annette series that also starred Sharon Baird and the other Mouseketeers. Um, The Annette series launched Annette's singing career. On one of the episodes, Annette sang, How Will I Know My Love?, and that record sold 400,000 copies. I can, I can, I'm singing it in my mind right now. <laughs> yeah, and do you remember the scene? Because it was like they were on a hayride. Yeah. I remember it, and they were, they were just going along singing. And now one of her first big hits was Tall Paul, and that was written by the Sherman Brothers. And Richard Sherman said Annette was their lucky star. Because Walt Disney heard the material 
they were riding for a net and he wanted more. And that's what prompted him to bring them on to write the soundtrack for Mary Poppins. And then they, be- then they came under contract for Walt Disney. Um, despite her records making the charts, Annette commented, How long can this go on? I can't sing. Um, Sharon said that throughout her life, Annette never believed she could sing. Now, Richard Sherman said Annette's voice was soft and was always overpowered by the orchestra. So just think of the recordings you've heard of her. And so what they did is they had her sing the song once, and then they had her sing over it a second time. And that became the Annette sound. So the next time you listen to one of her recordings, you know, really listen carefully for that sort of sing-over. And that was, be- that was to compensate for her soft voice. Now, she and Paul Anka dated as teenagers, and he wrote Puppy Love and Put Your Head on My Shoulder, which were songs about their relationship. So now when you hear those and listen to the lyrics, you'll know it's about him and Annette. Yeah? So, now, however, their families and the studio didn't want them together, and finally their schedules eventually pulled them apart. That they did remain friends. Now, Ron Miller, in sort of a testament to the professionalism and the talent of Annette Funicello, he talked about how he produced an hour-long television show for the 10,000th performance of the Golden Horseshoe Review. However, the day before, one of the primary performers, Henry Calvin, had a heart attack and couldn't be on the show. So Annette filled in at the very last moment and went through costuming and rehearsal right before filming for the television show began. Wow. So basically she went on it cold. And and if you and that that show's available on YouTube and also in the Disney Treasures series. And she is uh, she's terrific in it. She does a can-can dance and things like that. Um when the Mickey Mouse Club shut down, Annette was the only Mouseketeer kept under contract, and her career moved into TV and films. And these were some of my favorite films when I was a, a little boy, because a lot of these got re-released every seven years, so I think a lot of us saw these films. And they're all out now on DVD. Um, the Shaggy Dog mm-hmm. and Zorro. Now, she had a crush on Guy Williams. Now, during when the Mickey Mouse Club was on the air, she... Uh, Annette and Sharon snuck away from the Mickey Mouse Club set and snuck onto the Zorro set to see Guy Williams, and he ended up being banned from the set. Oh, my gosh. So as a 16th birthday present to Annette from Walt, he put her in Zorro, and one of the episodes included a scene in which she's kissed by Guy Williams. That was a nice thing for him to do. (laughs) Yeah, wasn't that? And she always remembered that scene and um she was on uh, other tv shows for instance she was on five episodes of the old tv show make room for daddy starring Ooh. danny thomas i know i used to watch that in syndication when i was little um annette played an italian exchange student and the show was filmed before a live audience and when annette was introduced the audience rushed the stage oh my gosh to try and meet her that's how popular she remained now, Babes in Toyland was her favorite film until she made Back to the Beach many years mm. later. 
And in fact, she wore the wedding headdress from Babes in Toyland. Because, you know, she gets, spoiler alert, she does get married at the end. And, and so she wore the headdress in that film in her first wedding. She also then appeared in a series of films with one of her favorite co-stars, Tommy Kirk. And they remained lifelong friends. Um, they were in The Horse Masters, Escapade in Florence, Misadventures of Merlin Jones, and The Monkey's Uncle. The last two were my favorites when I was a boy. Yes. And she sang. And in a lot of these films she was in, she sang the theme songs. Too. I didn't know that. I have to listen yeah. to the lyrics again. Uh-huh. Not the Nancy cover, well, but the Annette Bonicelli. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here for the sound effects on this one. That's right. That's right. Until Tom can drop in the actual yes. clips. Um, Annette said her favorite co-stars were Frankie Avalon, um, who was like a brother, and Harvey Lembeck, who made her laugh. And Harvey was in the beach films with her. Now, post-Disney... She was in the beach party films, and there there was a story. And, and, and the reason she left Disney is because she was being given other opportunities. And Walt Disney felt that remaining at Disney would hold her back. And so he gave her permission to go so she could develop her career. He did. He just asked that she not do anything that would embarrass herself and the Walt Disney Studios, and he asked that she never reveal her navel. However, and in the beginning, she did respect that request. However, if you watch some of those later films, you'll see that uh, she wore more revealing um, swimsuits so that her, her navel was exposed. But the Beach Party films were low budget. They had the same cast, which gave audiences a familiarity that they enjoyed. And these films were wildly successful. And so you might be familiar with some of them. They were like Beach Party, Beach Blanket Bingo, Bikini Beach, Pajama Party, Muscle Beach Party. See the theme here? How to Stuff a Wild Bikini. That's my favorite. That's my yeah, favorite that's title. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, too. Yeah. And um, Fireball 5000, which I've never seen. I don't know what that one is. Now, Sharon Baird married in 1964, and Annette was in charge of the guest book. Um, Sharon wanted her in the wedding, but Annette was Catholic and Sharon wasn't. So in those days, that meant that Annette could not be in the actual wedding party. Annette was married to her first husband, Jack Gallardi, from 1965 until 1981. They had three children. Um, Gina was born in 1966, Jack Jr. was born in 1970, and Jason in 1974. Then um, they got divorced in, in uh, I think it was like 19... 19- yeah, in 1981. And then in 1986, she married California harness racing and horse breeder trainer um, Glenn Holt. And they, own, they owned at one time and raced a horse named Uncle Walt. Mm-hmm. Um, at, her, at her second wedding, Mickey Mouse was a guest. Now, Walt Disney's death in 1966 deeply affected Annette. She considered Walt Disney a second father. He had been her mentor, and she would always talk with him, and he would give her advice. Annette always regretted she never said goodbye to him, but throughout her life, she believed that Walt Disney knew what was in her heart. She adored Walt and would tear up whenever he was mentioned. Now, after her marriage, Annette... Um, semi-retired to raise her family. But she did do some cameos, including the, the, that great film, Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine, and the <laughs> film Head, 
I know. I love the titles and no. films in that era. And the film Head, which starred the monkeys. Now, Annette's hobbies during this time included watching Gone with the Wind. Apparently, this was her favorite film. According to Sharon, she probably watched this a thousand times, this film. She enjoyed cooking, reading, and then later on in life, you might remember um, the Annette teddy bear collection. And they sold those bears at Disneyland. And, And so that became one of her hobbies as well. In 1979, Annette Funicello began starring in a series of television commercials for Skippy Peanut Butter. I remember And it, yeah, well, remember in the beginning, her children were in those commercials. But Skippy did a study and found out that people were actually watching her children, and they weren't paying any attention to the peanut butter. So the children were dropped from the television (laughs) commercials, and so they just starred Annette. In 1981, the popular San Francisco stage show, Beach Blanket Babylon, goes to the beach. I highly recommend you see it when you're visiting San Francisco. It's hilarious. Celebrated its seventh anniversary, and Annette Funicello made a special appearance. I was in the audience for that, and she was fantastic. She was part of the show, and it was great. They completely changed the stage. They they brought in they moved it to a larger venue at the Marines Memorial Theater, and they uh, they covered the whole stage in sand. They put up big lifeguard stations, and Annette was was a special guest um, star in that show. In 1994, Annette returned to Beach Bike at Babylon to receive the Top Hat Award, and it's the Top Hat Award because one of the primary characters is a dancing Mr. Peanut with a. And he wears, of course, if you know Mr. Peanut from <laughs> yeah. Planters Peanuts, he wears a top hat. Um, Annette returned to the big screen in 1987 to star in Back to the Beach, which is a parody of her beach films. And in this film, Frankie Avalon and Annette are married. And the film even pokes fun at her Skippy peanut butter commercials. <laughs> so it, so if you haven't seen now, this, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a fun film you've got to um i don't know if it's out on dvd i was going to look that up and i forgot but definitely or if it's on netflix but you've got to if it is definitely watch it now whilst making this film annette experienced her first symptoms of multiple sclerosis which affected her balance annette thought she simply had a trick knee and that was the excuse she gave people Um, when she lost her balance. But as the symptoms progressed, Annette was diagnosed with MS later in 1987, and she and her husband, Glenn, decided to keep MS a secret. In 1998, Annette and Frankie made a Christmas card project on Pee-wee's Playhouse Christmas special. I remember Pee-wee was in Back to the Beach. And, of course, there's a, a comedic slant to this art project. And I won't give it away because I know that's out there and it's available on YouTube and stuff. So definitely watch it. Um, Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas Special. In 1989, Annette and Frankie appeared as joggers in the film Troop Beverly Hills. And after 10 years with MS, Annette was having significant problems with her eyesight and balance. And rumors were circulating that she had a drinking problem, which was causing her children to be teased in school. You know, their classmates would say, oh, my parents saw your, your, your parents at a restaurant and your mother was drunk because Annette was now having so many problems with her balance. So 
when Annette heard that her children were being teased, um, that made her decide to go public with her multiple sclerosis. And so she and her husband started the Annette Funicello Research Fund for Neurological Disease. And at this point, they had a representative from the research fund, um, Sam Schumacher, um, speak. And he said that there's no agreement on a cause, treatment, or cure for this disease. However, a recent treatment treatment that sees it as an autoimmune attack is having significant results on the disease. Um, they did perform this treatment on Annette in 2011, even though the, the disease had progressed significantly, but it had a positive effect on her. So they're very hopeful for this new treatment. Um, Annette released a CD titled A Tribute to Walt, and the proceeds um, for the CD support the research fund. In 1992, Annette Funicello was named a Disney legend, and in 1993, she received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Now, in March 2011, you might remember in the news, her Encino, California home caught fire, and she suffered smoke inhalation, but was otherwise unharmed. However, much of her memorabilia from her Disney days and her her film career was lost in the fire. Um, After the fire, Annette and Glenn began living full-time at a modest ranch they purchased many decades earlier, and it was located just south of Shafter, California, which is north of Bakersfield, and that remained Annette's primary residence until her death. So on April 8, 2013, Annette died at Mercy Southwest Hospital in Bakersfield, California, at the age of 70 from complications due to multiple sclerosis. At the time of her death, Annette's family was with her. Um, her funeral was a private ceremony that was held on April 12, 2013, at the Cherished Memories Memorial Chapel in Bakersfield, California. Commenting on her death, Bob Iger, chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company, said, Annette was and always will be a cherished member of the Disney family, synonymous with the word Mouseketeer and a true Disney legend. She will forever hold a place in our hearts as one of Walt Disney's brightest stars, delighting an entire generation of baby boomers with her jubilant personality and endless talent. Annette was well known for being as beautiful inside as she was on the outside, and she faced her physical challenges with dignity, bravery, and grace. All of us at, the, at Disney join with family, friends, and fans around the world in celebrating her extraordinary life. After her death, the 2013 Disney Channel original movie, Teen Beach Movie, was dedicated to her memories. Um, Sharon Bird's last words to Annette in the ICU were, put on your dancing shoes and save me a spot, because that's what Annette always said to Sharon when um, Sharon was going to go out and do something or start a project. And so I don't know. Now, do you have any special memories, uh, you know, of times you saw Annette on the screen or anything like that? Even though I enjoyed the the beach movies, I still like when I was um, a kid. They did have the reruns of the original Musketeer Club, and I watched those every day. So mm-hmm. I did too. Watching her in those films to me just in you know, just like thousands of people in the earth, millions, whatever, um, just endeared Annette from Cello to me with so everything else. 
was kind of touched by those original performances that she did. I always wanted to be her in the Spin and Marty series. <laughs> yeah, that looked like so much fun. Just that whole series Getting to ride looked like so much fun. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, going on the, the, I don't know what they were, like cattle drive kind of things uh-huh. and and singing around the campfire, which is a Boy Scout I did. And, and, all and that, then going but. back to the hotel. <laughs> it was so funny. I met um, the two of them, the two gentlemen who played Spin and Marty uh, at a Disneyana convention back at the 40th anniversary of Disneyland. And when I went That's up to cool. go get my book autographed, they're like, wait, you're too young to remember who we are. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> We've Not seen really. you in the reruns. Yeah, definitely. I had crushes yeah. on both of them. They were so cute. <laughs> and and they aged well. They yes, were they at the museum it. not long ago. And they they are um they're just a delight. And they and they remain really good friends. Is Tim Constantine one of them? Yes. And he was he was on the show. He wasn't one he wasn't Spinner Marty, okay. but he was on the show. Um trying to remember the names. I know, I'd have to look them okay, up. Okay, don't want to waste time, but it was it was a good series. <laughs> oh, it's never a waste of time. It was. It was. But you can't... And I met Annette a few times in, in, in my Disney days. And she was, you know, she was one of those people that what you saw on the screen was, was her. She was just as sweet and nice and kind in real life as she was on the screen. I mean, she portrayed herself. And she was just very warm, friendly, genuine. And you know how... Tim Constantine was spin. Oh, okay. David and David Stollery was David Stollery, yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay, thank you. And Back to the Beach yeah. is available on DVD. Oh, excellent. I, I Definitely don't know if it's currently available, seeing. but it has been available. I saw it on eBay. Oh, excellent. Worth seeing. Anyway, so so she was just wonderful you know like there there are some performers where they have a persona on screen and in their personal right. life they're very different yeah. not her it, it was one and the same that's so cool so now you can learn more about annette funicello by reading her autobiography a dream is a wish your heart makes my story that was published in 1994 they also made it into a made-for-tv movie in 1995 a dream is a wish your heart makes the annette funicello story i do remember seeing that on television i was hoping that would get re-released somehow after she passed away maybe it's this maybe you know money going towards her research fund. Um, she does make a cameo in that film because another actress portrays her. At the end of the film, when the, the actress as Annette is reading a story, um, at one point at the very end, at the conclusion of the story, the camera sort of turns around, if I'm remembering this correctly, and it actually is Annette. Oh, that's cool. Finicello. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we will have a link to the Annette Funicello official website in our show notes, and that includes information about her research fund. Uh, now, at the end of the presentation, Ron Miller stood up and thanked everyone for their condolences at the passing of his wife, Diane, because this took place, this presentation took place very shortly after Diane passed away. Um, he went on to say, Diane and Annette were both were two caring, loving people who cared more for others than themselves. 
So despite all of her challenges later in life, Annette remained positive. So I want to end this segment with a quote from Annette that I, I think sums up what I learned from her when I, when I met her during my, my days wearing the ears and just what I've read about her. And that quote is, life doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful. Very nice. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. That is going to do it for this segment of the Disney Plug. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.